Okay, we're learning Dafai and Gimel, starting from the bottom. Ayin Beis and Beis, three lines from the bottom. Be'elu b'nishalom v'urim v'tumim. The Mishnah is talking about the Chilak that the Kohen Galo wears Dafka Epigadim, and it says in the Mishnah that that the Kohen Galo only in these Epigadim can can he be asked about the urim v'tumim. So again, the urim v'tumim it seems like it's some sort of miraculous idea with the Choshen. Not clear exactly what it is. A lot of Rishonim holders actually slip a paper v'tumim that was slipped inside of the Choshen. And it created, facilitated that when questions were asked with the right Ruach HaKodesh, uh, the, the letters would light up, as we'll see in the Gemara. So it only works, it can't just be wearing the Choshen. He has to be wearing all the Shemona Begadim in order for it to be effective. So the Gemara says, The same Begadim that the Kohen Gadol does Avoda with, that the Begadim, Kohen Gadol puts on and does Avoda, the Kohen Meshuach Mohamma also serves. So what are we talking about? The Kohen Meshuach Mohamma is a special Kohen. He's appointed over, he gives the speech to the people in Parsha Shoftim before, they, before they're about to go out into war. So it's a special job, the Kohen Meshuach Muhammad. He's anointed specifically for the purpose of being the leader um, in the battle. On the battlefront, he's the Kohen who's in charge. So he also is a shtikl like the Kohen Gadol that, that Rav Dimi is saying, that he wears eight begadim, and when he wears eight begadim, he could also, um, he wears a begadim when he does avodah in the base of Mikdash. I mean, he's a Kohen Meshulach Mohamma. He's a Kohen Meshulach Mohamma, Kohen Gadol. Shanemar, big day, I call it Shashar la Aaron, you Levano la Achrav. The holy begadim that are for Aaron should be for his sons as well. Acharav, after him. So, what is it saying after him? Shudash Mikras, it means his sons. But we darsh in the Mishabab, Abdullah Achrav. That the Shemon and are also for the one who follows him in greatness. Meaning that the second, the one who's just second in command to the Kohen Gadol, who's a little bit less kosher to the second than the Kohen Gadol, it is the Kohen Meshulach Muhammad. So the Kohen Meshulach Muhammad also has the Beit HaKoshashar La'arim. It's a big chiddush of the Gemara saying. The Gemara is saying that there's like a, almost like a secondary Kohen Gadol, basically. That, 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 that not only the, 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 is the Kohen Gadol wearing Epi Gadol when he does the Avod in the Beit HaKoshashar, but the Kohen Meshulach Muhammad as well, for dashing for the Pasuk HaShiyu La'arim. That even the Ba'achrov, the second, the second rank, he also wears the Epigadim when he does Avoda. Says the Kamar Yolan, Sir Rabbi Adar Ravav Amir Lakidi. Rather, Rabbi asked for a redeeming from a rise, so some people say it was Kidi. I would think that the job of the Meshuach Mohammed is inherited. That's the way the job of the Kohen Gadol is. The Kohen Gadol is inherited. How do we know that? Because the Pasuk says, uh, when it's talking about the Kohen Gadol, and we learn from that an idea that, that, that automatically, as long as the Kohen is somewhat fit, then, then he yarshins the Yerusha. It's like an inheritance that he has um, to serve. So the same way that that's true for the Kohen Gadol, I would say that's true for the Shuvah Muhammad, top of the Amin Gimel, but Aleph, Tamaloma, the Pasuk says, for seven days, he's talking about by the Miluim, for seven days, ah, the Kohen should wear it, Tachtam Mibanav, who will go into the Olmoid. So the Bryce of Darshan says, well, Mishra, the Olmoid. When is there a type of thing that's assumed by the son, that's just inherited by the type of position of the one who goes into Olmoid to do the Avodah? And it seems to be that we're saying that's only the, the position of the Kohen Gadol, and that's not the position of Mishra Muhammad. Mishra Muhammad is out on the battlefield. He's not inside the Olmoid doing Avodah. So his position isn't subject to Yerusha. 
his position is So now we get to our question. If Ravdimi was right that the Kohen Meshuach Muhammad is basically also a Kohen Gadol, and he could wear eight begadim and serve in the Olamoy like a Kohen Gadol, Mechzeh Chazi, he's totally fit to enter the Olamoy. So why was why are we excluding him in the prize from his son Yarshining him? Because it's not fit, Olamoy. He's totally fit, Olamoy. That's the question that we are asked. So, yeah. And the mama sounds like from the Gemara, this is an important point, I think, that, 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 it's not what we think of Rav Dimi. It's not just that he wears apigadim if he happens to do an avoda. We're saying he could totally do the avoda so that the kohen gadol. Like let's say Yom Kippur, we basically think that the kohen Mishuach Muhammad is just as eligible to do the avoda as Yom Kippur. He basically is a kohen gadol. If we're saying he wears apigadim when he does it, it's not just a random drasha that Mishuach Muhammad also wears apigadim. We're saying the kohen Mishuach Muhammad essentially is the kohen gadol as well. It's like a second kohen gadol. So what we're saying that is that why would we be excluding his son from Yerusha if from the fact he's not right of mud? In what way? In what way is he not? So the Gemara answers, really, it's true. He is the second Kohen Gadol, and he's Mishamash, where they begot him like Rav Dimi said. I, why doesn't he go to his son? Hachikarma is what the Bryce is saying. Anyone whose main purpose is to do Avodah, that type of purpose, that type of position is inherited. Yad says, eh, that excludes the Kohen Moshuach Mochamah. His main purpose is to give the speech in the war. Meaning, it's true that he also has a role of a Kohen Gadol when he wears Epic Gadol when he does Avodah. But why, are we, why do we anoint him? What is his specific role? Like, why is he special? He is special to be the Moshuach Mochamah. That's the Iker. So the Pasuk is excluding anyone whose position is not the Iker to come into the Olmoed is not inherited. But in the Hanami, in reality, the Meshulach Muhammad as well wears eight begadim and can do the Avodah just like the Kohen Gadim. Okay, so again, here the Gemara challenging Rav Dimi Mezvei. Meshulach Muhammad, ain't no Meshulach Muhammad, ain't no Meshulach Muhammad, ain't no Meshulach Muhammad. This is as explicit as it gets. It says the Kohen Meshulach Muhammad does not do Avodah with four garments like a regular Kohen. And he cannot do it with eight garments like a Kohen Gadol. He's like, Mom is trapped. He can do it like nobody. He can't do Avodah. He's specific. Or he becomes the Kohen who gives the speeches out in battle, but he cannot do Avodah. So we see clearly he doesn't do an Avodah with eight Begadim. So the Gemara explains, I'm Le'abai, how do you understand that, Bryce? What, he's just not a Kohen? <laughs> he's, he's not a Kohen at all? We made him a Zar? What's the shot? How are we supposed to understand that? It must be that really, Fakir, this Raya, this Bryce is actually a Raya. That really he's a Bekoen Gadol. And really where's Epe Gadol? And the reason why we don't let him do it is Midrar Bana and El Bekoen Gadol Mishim Eva. Really Midrar Isa, he's totally fit and he wears Epe Gadol. The reason he doesn't do it is out Eva. They're going to be, if you're going to have two, you know, two people trying to share the same crown, one a little bit higher than the other, that's not going to be good. It's going to lead to a lot of hatred, jealousy, and so on and so forth. So Midrar Bana, they legislated that the Kohen Meshuch Muhammad cannot do the Avodah with Epe Gadol. He can't be Ivy like a Kohen Hadid because Ba'atzmi is a Kohen Gadol. He can't lower him. He can't lower him and put four Gadol Mahamit to do the Avodah. So that's why he's trapped. That's all Midrabana. But Adarabah, we see that essentially it's exactly like Rav Dimi said that Midrabah, so there's a din that the Kohen Mishoch Muhammad actually is like the Kohen Gadol and wears eight Begadim when he does the Avodah. Okay, so at this point we've defended Rav Dimi. So now the Gemara moves out another question. Again, a question on our last defense. Our last defense is that the Kohen Meshulach Muhammad wears eight begadim and does the avodah midaraisa, but midarabanan alt eva. We say that he should not. I'm only rabadar rabadar rabadatana the last eva. But I'm going to show you the following Tana, who evidently doesn't hold of eva. We're going to see that not everybody holds of this as far of eva. And he still says that the Kohen Meshulach Muhammad doesn't do avodah with eight begadim. What is this price, the Tanya says in a price. So the price says, the farm should be in Kohen Gadol, Kohen Yadu. What is the differences? Well, we're going to list a whole list over here. What are the discrepancies between a Kohen Gadol and a regular Kohen? 
One of the dem is parakodim mashiach. It's a question if you have the double gears. It's really the same thing. That there's a special carbon if a Kohen Gadol makes an incorrect decision, Paskin and Yeshayla, and then over on the Iser, he brings a special Chatas, not like a, um, a regular Kohen Yisrael who brings a different heat, a different type. The Kohen Gadol brings a par in that scenario. Upar Yom Kippur, the bull of Yom Kippur, that's only done by the Kohen Gadol. Asir Seifa, the 10th Eifa, right, every single day, the Chavitin, there was a special mincha that the Kohen Gadol brought every single day. That's only Kohen Gadol, it's not by a Kohen Head. Another point, Lo Poreh, Lo Poreh, the Kohen Gadol is never allowed basically to mourn. He can't go into mourning and not cut his hair. Lo Poreh, he can't rip his clothing in mourning. He could do a little bit. He could rip from the hem of the garment. He could do a regular way of ripping even from on top, not just the hem. He rips his clothing regularly. He's not metame for tumma for his relatives. Regular coin is metame himself for relatives. A coin God has a special positive mitzvah that he can only marry a woman who's never been married. And there's a law that he has to marry a widow. And when he dies, right, the guy who's sitting in Ir Mikla goes free. That's also a unique capacity of the Kohen Gadol. Umakrav Onin, and when one of his relatives dies, he doesn't have to stop doing that Voda. He could do that Akrava even when he's in Onin. Ve'eno Ocha, but even the Kohen Gadol, just one last point, he doesn't eat from a Karva when he's in Onin. He's Makrav Onin, but he doesn't eat. Ve'eno Ocha, Ve'eno Ocha, he doesn't take a portion of it. Since he's not going to eat, he doesn't take a portion. Okay. Um... The Kohen Gadol is unique that he has a right, and we saw this back on Daphne Dalit. He could take rights whenever he wants. Remember, he could take just like the above. He transcends the Mishmaras that divide equally. The Kohen Gadol just takes what he wants, and he has the right to offer any carbon that he wants. He serves in the base of Mikdash with eight Kalim, with eight, with eight Bagadim. This is the Gemara in Shavuos that expounds on this. Interesting halacha. That he's, he doesn't bring the regular carbonus from Tomas Mitzvah Shvakacha. For regular coin, if he comes in the base of Mitzvah Tomei or something like that, there's special carbonus. You bring coin Gadol, even though he's not allowed to. Not allowed to be Tomei, but he doesn't have the carbonus from Tomas Mitzvah Shvakacha. B'chol Avodos Yom Kippur, Mekir Zen Lebo. And another further point is that all Avodos Yom Kippur is only kosher by the coin Gadol. So that was a lot of information that's all specific to a coin Gadol. Continues the Bryce. All these halachas of Kohen Gadol apply, whether he was smeared with oil, anointed with oil, or he would just put on the extra begadim. Because there's really two different mahalchim, two different ways you get appointed Kohen Gadol. Ideally, you do both. You have the special Shemana Mishkan and the Merubah begadim. But we know that we don't always have historically the Shemana Mishkan. Towards the end of the base of the second, towards the end of the first base of the it was hidden away by Yoshia. So then you become only Kohen Gadol through Merubah begadim. So the, the Merubah begadim has the same status. Parabakala mitzvah is a unique thing only to when he was nimshach with the Shemin HaMishcha. So he doesn't have that special karma. The Kula, no Agaz all these halachas apply to anointing Kohen Gadol, who was already retired. Let's say something happened to him and he retired. And uh, at this point, whenever you have a retired Kohen, how do you have a retired Kohen? Let's say a replacement that was put and then the first Kohen Gadol came back, so the replacement doesn't go back to anything. Like there are different examples where you get a retired Kohen Gadol. He has all these same halachos, meaning the Etzim is still a Kohen Gadol. So I'm sorry. The price says it different. It says all of these things don't apply to the, to the retired one. Except for the five things. What are the five things? That he can't mourn. He doesn't... He doesn't uh, he doesn't, he doesn't keep his hair, grow his hair long. He, 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 will him. he can't rip his garments. Sometimes he doesn't whether the retired Kohen is Machzer the Rotech. So the bottom line is the retired Kohen has like many halachas that 
all of the etzim halachas of Kohen Gadol, the ones that are said beferish and parshas emar, he has, but the ones that pertain to the avoda, he doesn't have. Okay, now what does this have to do with us? There's a whole long price here. So this price of we're saying doesn't hold to the chashash of Eva. Why? Because we're saying that all the halachas of the Kohen Gadol apply to the Kohen Gadol who has retired, including the, the which halacha? The halacha. One of the halachas was is that he wears epigadim. Now, if you hold of Eva, that such a thing should be usher. Right? In other words, what we're asking here is, is, that, is that we're saying like this. The price we're saying that they're all noig but Meshua Sha'avar, that all of these things apply to the, to, to the guy who's retired for all, from the retired. So it sounds like that includes the fact that he's Ovid Bishmon and Begadim. And it's saying also that it's not noig but Meshua except for the five things that it says in the parsha. So what do we take away? That the Brisa doesn't hold of Eva because we could have a retired person serving with Eipa Gadim. So it sounds like, it sounds like that we're totally fine having two Kohen Gadols. You know, imagine a scenario. Kohen Gadol became Nisal, so somebody else took him over and then the first guy comes back. That's, that's a retired Kohen Gadol. The Brisa sounds like Kul Anahagim. We're totally fine with that, with that retired Kohen Gadol being a Kohen Gadol, being Ovid Bishman and Begadim. But then the Brisa still goes on to say that a Meshuach Mohammed only has the essential dinim of those five things of, you know, mourning and who he can marry. But he does not have the halacha that he's over Bishmon and Megadim. So now our Kash and Rav Dimi comes back. Rav Dimi was saying that Mashiach Muhammad is over Bishmon and Begadim. We said that, okay, that's true Midar Isa, but not Midar Abana because of Eva. Here we see in this price that there's, it can't be true. Because we see that we're not Chayshish for Eva, we see that a retired Kohen Gadol could be Ovid Bishmon Begadim, and still we see that a Kohen Mashiach Muhammad cannot be Ovid Bishmon Begadim. So you see, it's not just an Eva concern. So our Kash and Rav Dimi comes back. It sounds like the Etzem, the Kohen Meshuach Bochama, can't do that for Eva. So the Gemara says, Ki let's Eva with the Kabbalah saying. No, really it is Eva. But there's no Eva for a retired Kohen Gadol and the Kohen Gadol because he's an equal, right? He want, a retired Kohen Gadol was once Kohen Gadol. So I don't know, you don't get jealous of each other. That they two people can share. But the Jews mean Eislay, for someone who's a little bit less than him, He's got the Gwan just Meshuach Muhammad, he's gonna he's gonna have bad bad emotions towards. Right? If he sees that the Kohen Meshuach Muhammad is doing the Avodah, he's gonna feel bad about it. So therefore, really what we said in Rav Dimi is true. The Kohen Meshuach Muhammad is Ba'asim Kohen Gadol, the Darais he does that vote of Bishmon Begadim, and it's just Mishim Eva that he doesn't do it. I, this prize that didn't hold of Eva and still doesn't let him do it. No, the prize that didn't hold of Eva of a retired Kohen Gadol, because that's an equal. That's not going to make him jealous, but it will make, a, there is Eva for, for the Kohen Meshuach Muhammad, and that is the reason why he doesn't do Avoda. But again, Mida Araisa, Avada, the Kohen Meshuach Muhammad would do um, Avoda with Eibagad. So what do we come out? We've come out, we've concluded Rav Dimi. Rav Dimi's huge chiddish is that a Kohen Meshuach Muhammad is not only a Kohen Gadol in regard to who he can marry and who he can't marry in regard to mourning and being, being with for relatives. He's Mamesh a Kohen Gadol, he's Ovid Bishman Begad. That's Rav Dimi's chiddish. The Gemara is saying, is defending that even like Rav Dimi, there's still a din with the Rabbanon that he can't do that. Avodah Bishmon Begadim Atz Eva from the Kohen Gadol. That's pretty much what we have. But everybody agrees, it's interesting, that the Kohen Meshuach Muhammad certainly has certain dinam from the Kohen Gadol. He certainly, you know, can't, can't, um, even tell me for relatives, and he can't mourn, stuff like that, who he can marry. That everybody agrees to. The question is, if he has the bigger, the bigger point that his mamish, you know, could be Ovid Bishmon Begadim in their eyes. So now the Gemara says, Yosef Rabbi Avo, Rabbi Avo was saying this over from Rav Dimi. That the Kohen Meshuach Muhammad does the avoid the Bishmon Begadim. Mishmid Rabbi Yochan. He was saying it over in the name of Rabbi Yochan. And what happened? Ajin Rabbi Ravasi Lapai. Rabbi Ravasi turned their faces away. Like they were very upset about this. They didn't agree, but they didn't want to say anything. Meaning they were saying there's no way that Rabbi Yochan ever said such a thing. That was like their body language. Ika da army, Rabbi Rabbi. A lot of people say it's Rabbi Rabbi. We said it over in the name of Rabbi Yochan. Ajin Rabbi Ravasi Lapai. Rabbi Ravasi turned their faces away. 
So the Gemara says, Masa Klara Papa, Bishlam Rabavo. It's good if you say that Rabavo was the one um, because they didn't want to say anything to Mishun Kara to Bay Kaser because Rabavo was very high up in the household of the, of, of, of the Roman, I guess, of the Kaser. So they didn't want to start up with him, right? They didn't want to criticize him. He was he had a lot of you know honor. He was a very respectable person. So they just made bad body language, right, to, to, to show that they didn't agree, but they didn't say anything. They should have said to him explicitly, Lo Amar didn't say this. So the Gemara doesn't answer the question. It seems like the Gemara accepts that this rejects the Lashon, that it was said from Rabbi Abba. Certainly, it was said from Rabbi Avo, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. And Rabbi and Rabbi were disapproving that Rabbi Yochanan never said such a thing, and that's why they turned their face away. All right. So now the Gemara brings that there's a second Lashon on the way that this whole Sugi happened. Until now, the Sugi was saying that the Kohen Meshuach Muhammad is doing the Avoda Bishmoni Begadim. Kiyosa Rabban, when Rabban came from Eretz Israel, Nishar Itmar. We're not talking about doing the Avoda. We're talking about getting asked about the Urim Vitumim. Meaning what we're saying is, of course, the Kohen Meshuach Muhammad does not wear Shimon Begadim and do Avoda in the base of Mekdash. The only person who's eligible to do the Avodas with the Begadim are the Kohen Gadim. But we're saying specifically that someone's asking him about the Urim Vitumim, and he should be wearing the Shimon Begadim when someone is asking him a question to use the Urim Vitumim. So let's say the king comes and he wants to ask the Urim Vitumim a question and the Kohen Gadol is not there. The Kohen Meshuach Muhammad can wear the Shimon Begadim and be asked questions for the Urim Vitumim. But 100% he cannot do the Avodah in the base of Mikdash by Shimon Begadim. So that's the big switch in the second Lashem. The second Lashon is saying that it's not that the Kohen Meshuach Muhammad does Avodah the Shimon Begadim, it's that he's inquired with the Urim Vitumim when he's wearing the Shimon Begadim. Are used by the for questions with the Urim Vitumim. Okay, so now we get into the whole process of asking questions to the Urim Vitumim. How does this happen? What happens is the person asking the question, which is again the leader, the king, the Rosh Hashanah, he stands facing. The, the Kohen Gadol, or the Meshuach Muhammad, the one being asked, he stands facing the Shekhinah. What does that mean, facing the Shekhinah? So that means that the Choshen, is like he looks down at the Choshen. He faces, put, puts his head down at the Choshen. Should I run after this, you know, this group of war? And here we're just you know, quoting Pesukim. It's, like, it, it, it's an example. It's just giving an example. Should I run after this war? This is what Hashem says. Go up and you will win. No, he doesn't say He just responds with the answers. Obvious that it's from Hashem. You shouldn't ask in a loud voice. You ask to him. Meaning, it should be only him who could hear. Only the one wearing the choshen. No one else. But you shouldn't think the question. You ask him in front of Hashem. Like the way that you say Shemona Esra. It's like a little whisper. Another point. We don't ask about two things together. Meaning you ask one question, you get an answer, and only then are you able to move on to a second question. And if a person violates this and he asks two questions at the same time, the, 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 the answer will not come. You're only going to get one answer. You're only going to get in the Risha, in the first one. So this is what's going on. This is the story. David was, was hiding. He was in a place called Kela. And he wasn't sure if Shaul was going to come, run after him there. And if he would, would the people of Kela give him over? Those were the two questions that he asked. So he phrased it first, are the people of Kela going to deliver me? Will Shaul come? Now obviously that's a shikle backwards. The question should be, is Shaul going to come? And if he does come, will the people of Kela hand me over? 
Hashem only answered one question. Shaul is going to come. So first the Gemara just interrupts. Right? David first asked, are the people of Kela going to give me over and is Shaul going to come? Hashem said, Shaul is going to come. So Hashem is responding to the second question before the first question. So the Gemara explains that David really asked out of order. David, Shaul, Shaul, Kaseder. He asked out of order. Hashem answered in order. So the Gemara says, once David understood that then he had asked out of order, he should have asked if Shaul was going to come before asking if the people of, of Kela would give him over. Then he asked again in order, David asked, will the people of Kela give me over? And Hashem answered, they will. So we see from that exchange with David and the Urim Vitumim that you should only ask one question. And if you ask two questions, the Shekhinah is only going to answer you about your first one. Okay. What happens if it's like an urgent thing and you don't have time to ask one question, get an answer, then ask a second question and get a second answer? So you just, you have to ask both questions together. So then if it's an extenuating circumstance, then in fact, they will respond to both questions at the same time. It happened once. Hashem said, David asked, should I run after these troops and will I beat them? So he's asking two questions. Should I run after them and will I beat them? You should go because you're going to win. So we see two things. What's the story here? And there's a whole story. David had his, his people when they were running away from Shaul and the whole story how they, they came back and the Amalekim had, had captured all their stuff and they were trying to decide should they go pursue the Amalekim right then. So David on the spot, it was very quick. It was a moment of tension. His own people wanted to kill him. It was a very scary story for David. So it was, it was an extenuating circumstance where he's asking two questions at the same time. Now, I, it's a hard thing, by the way. I'm not, I'm not such a full Navi person, but uh, that's people who really understand these things a little bit better. But the, these double questions are a little bit strange because you're asking what's the right thing to do, and then you want to know if you're going to win. Like, wh- what exactly is that second question? It's a little, it's a little difficult. Or let, let, let me phrase it differently. It's like, is there a way to just skip the first question and ask the second question? Or is it just like, is respect, grammar? Like, wh- what is the Indian here? There's like a din. Don't ask the two questions together. Hashem will only respond to one. It's, it's an interesting sugya, uh, exactly, the way the formulation and articulation of the questions and the responses. Okay. We have a concept that something said by a Navi can be withdrawn. Meaning, what does that mean to say? If a Navi says something bad is going to happen, it's not necessarily going to happen. It might go away. Right? If let's say the Navi says something bad is going to happen, you could do shuva, something can happen, whatever. It's not going to happen necessarily. If the Urim Tumim says something, that's for sure going to happen. Why? That's a beautiful lush in the Diyuk. It says, So Mishpat, as it did, it's like judgment. Right? So if it's like that, it's whatever, it's a Mishpat, it's always going to happen. There's no way, there's no way that it's ever going to, to change. Where do we get the name Urim Tumim from? Again, a lot of you showed him old that it was written Urim Tumim on the paper inside the Cheshim. Urim, it's called Urim from like R, like it lights up their words. It means complete. It's always complete. It completes their words. Meaning whatever they say always happens. What about in Givas Bayam? Did they really fulfill their words? So this is the whole story with, with Pelegish Begiva. There was a story with, uh, with somebody, um, there was a Pelegish in the tribe of uh, Binyamin that somebody raped her, right? And she dies. There was a whole mob and she died. And uh, everybody was upset at Binyamin. They wanted the people who did it to be killed. Binyamin didn't cooperate. Then they go to civil war with them. So there was a whole problem. So what happened was is that the, the Shvatim kept on asking Urim Vitumim if they should go to war against Binyamin. 
every single time. And every single time they seem to be getting an answer that they should go to war, and every single time they keep on suffering very heavy casualties. Until finally there's a third time that they ask, they ask for them going, and they're told that they should go, and that time they actually beep in Yemen, like they're victorious on the battlefield. So what's going on with the first two times that they ask the Urim Batumim, it seems that the Urim Batumim says go, and still they're not, they're not winning in war, so how could that be? So the answer is, this is the same strange thing. They just asked if they should go. They didn't ask um, specifically if they were going to win or lose. So basically, the Urim Batumim is saying go up, and it's not saying whether go up means to win or to lose. So basically, it seems like from the Gemara that going up means go up, meaning like this, this can be done. You might be going up to lose, and that might be, I guess, what you should do. I don't even know what to say, but the response is go up. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win. So it's not the shot that the Urim Batumim was wrong. It's not the shot that it wasn't Talmud. Father was Talmud, but it wasn't, it wasn't asked if they were going to win. So therefore, the response was go up. 100% it was go up. So, but it was at the end, the last third time, then they wanted to know if they were going to win. Then it was his schema, there was Askama from the Urim and Tuvim. The second time they asked if they should continue to go out, if they were going to win. Tomorrow, go up because you're going to win. So, yeah. The Shaila is, is it also the, they lost in the first two times because they didn't ask if they were going to win? Or am I reading too much in? Like, it, they asked twice if they, were, if they should go up. They were told to go up, but they weren't told to win or to lose, and they lose. The third time, they asked if they were going to win, and then they win. It, That's the reason why there were two questions before. Right. That's why David's asking two Yeah, we see if you don't ask, you might... It's like, is that part of it? That they... Like, let's say they would have asked. I feel like Kapara, the That's Right, I'm won, saying that's... That's what I'm struggling with. Let's say they would, they would have asked in the first two times. With the last we give up, will we win? Would the response have been different? Would the response have been no, you will lose, and then the, they wouldn't have gone? And then it was just they would have asked the third time, oh, now the timing is right, and then they would have won. I think that's the takeaway. I'm just not... That's so clear. Okay, that's what it seems. Something here is off. The first two times, they didn't ask what they were going to win. They were just told go up. They weren't successful. And then eventually they ask if they're going to win as well, and they're told in the third time that they're going to win. Okay. Now the Gemara discusses the way the Umar Tumim responds. Ketzab Odinasis, how exactly is it said? Don, Rabbi Yochanan, Boltos, letters stick out. Like the letters that are on the, all the, the, the Shvatim, that write out the names of the Shvatim, they're going to stick out. They join together. So it seems like there's a machlokas, but, but we're going to see there's not, there has to be some connection, even if they did protrude, um, then, then, then maybe you still have to connect them, or maybe necessarily not. Maybe the letters themselves just combine. So the Gemara first has a question, there's no Tzadi, right? If you look at the names of the Shvatim, in the letters of the Alephes, there's no Tzadi. So what do we do if we need a Tzadi? And like we have one, Hatzel Tatzil, for example, there's a Tzadi, what are we going to do? How do we have that? So the Gemara says, They're also written, the names of Avim Yitzchak Yaakov and the Choshen. Ah, it looks like Tess. What about Tess? It says, So we get a Tess from the Shifteh. Says the Gemara Meisve If you have a Kohen who doesn't, who's lost the Ruach Hakodesh, the Shechina is not on him. You shouldn't ask him. What's the proof? When David asked the Rambam, when he asked Saduk who Kohen was wearing it, it worked. Av Yasser, when he asked the Kohen of Yasser, lo also it didn't work. Av Yasser went up until the people had finished. So it seems like 
in the context of this pasuk, this is the whole thing with Avshalom. David ran away, and he asked the woman for two and three of Yasar. It seemed that Yasar couldn't respond. He didn't know. He asked Sadok, and then he got it. So we see it must be that 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 Yasar that, that um, Yasar had lost the Ruach Hakodesh, and that's why uh, it didn't work. So what, what's our question? If it's just magical that the letters stick out and they join together, so then why is it that you need a Ruach Hakodesh here? You just read. Well, what's the Ruach Hakodesh? So the Gemara says, you have a Messiah Vadai. The Kohen's Ruach Hakodesh helps the Urim Vatumim. So meaning, yes, it's true that once you have the Ruach Hakodesh and you're using it, then it sticks out and connects. But Hagufa, you need the Ruach Hakodesh in order to create that, that point. It assists it to help it, make sure it happens. Okay, Vaiter, the Angel and El Melech. We're only people, only for a king, you ask. It's not like, you know, anyone has a random question. They ask the Urim Vatumim advice, what, you know, what stock to pick. It's specific to the Melech and the Avbasim. So Mar says, Maran Emili Amar Vod Amar Karbal Lefnei Allah Zarkon Yamod Yishal Lo Ba'urim B'tumim. So what does it mean? Who Yishal Lo Ba'urim B'tumim? So what does that mean? Who is that Melech? This refers to the king. Or should be like Yoshua. V'chol Bnei Yisrael Ito Zem Shuach Mochama. So this is an interesting thing. Anyone who all of Klai Yisrael gathers around could also ask. This is the Meshuach Mochama. The Meshuach Mochama has the right to ask. So why is that so ironic? Because he could also be the one who gives the answer. The Meshuach Mochama is the one person. Who is both someone who is qualified to ask the Urim Batumim and to receive the answer of the Urim Batumim, to wear the Choshen and get the answer. That's the leader of the Sanhedrin. So those are the three people who are the leaders of Kai Israel who could ask. We have here the Melech, Meshuach Mochama, and the Rosh Sanhedrin. Those are the people who could ask. And again, it's the Kohen Gadol, the Meshuach Mochama, who could receive the response, and they need the Ruach HaKodesh. Okay. Says the new parak. The entire eighth parak here is just about the halachos pertaining to the day of Yom Kippur. Relevant, very relevant parak to us today. Yom Kippur is also to eat and drink. Inway number one. It's also to wash. Two. It's also to smear with oils. Nilas is wearing shoes. And five. Tashma Shamita. Now there's a big machlokas where he's showing him how many of these are daraisa and how many of these are darabanan. Rav Rishonim hold that only achilah and shtiyah are daraisa. All the other are, all the other four are darabanan. And we'll see the Torah doesn't say them. The Torah says inu hanefesh. We're going to see in the Gemara inu hanefesh really means achilah and shtiyah. The other things are extra inuim, but they're not really defined as inu hanefesh as we'll see in the Gemara. So those things pashas are only midrabanan. There are other Rishonim that hold it as daraisa, but it's like cholamoi. Where the Torah left it to the Rabbanon to decide. Because we're going to see many kulos where the Rabbanon are deciding and the other Inuim that we don't find via Achilo Ashtia. So everybody agrees that the Rabbanon are dictating that, but the question is whether the concept of the other Inuim comes from the Torah. So we see, for example, a king and a kala are allowed to wash their face because it's very important for them that he always looks good. Right? There's, a din, a king, there's a din that a king should look good and a kala should look beautiful to her husband right in the beginning. So because of that, there is a kula for them that they're allowed to wash their face. A new mother can wear shoes because she's in pain if she doesn't. So she's allowed to wear shoes. The Chum don't agree to that kula. The Chum don't agree that the new mother can wear shoes. Anyone who eats uh, like the amount of food that equals a large date, like the size of it and its pit, that meaning when we say a large date, we're including the size of the pit as well. For somebody who drinks the amount of liquid that fills his cheek, Chayav. He's Chayav Kareis. So there's a Chayav Kareis for Inu and Nefesh on Yom Kippur. And we're saying that for eating, it's the size of a Koseves. It's any food the size of a Koseves, no matter who you are. For drinking, it vacillates. It depends on each person. Whatever your cheek fills, however much fills your cheek, rather, that is the amount. It vacillates with the amount, the size of each person's cheek.
You don't have to eat the same food if you eat a bunch of different foods. There's all mitzvahs to the shear of chi of, of, of kares to, to fill up the size of a large date. And all different types of beverages can combine to fill his cheek. However, if you eat a little bit and drink a little bit, it's not mitzvah. Let's say you eat half a date and you drink half a malolugmav, you're not chayiv. There are different things. Since they don't have the shear, they're not mitzvah. Gemara, why are we saying usr? The language of the Mishnah is that it's usr and yom kippur to eat or drink. Anish karesu, there's a chi of kares. So the Gemara doesn't like the language. It says yom kippur is usr v'achil v'shtiyah. That implies that it's just a random isr. It's much more severe. There's a chi of kares. That's our question. So Amar Abiyu Lavitei Marabiyim Lunitzochalachatzishir. The Mishnah is alluding to the din of chatzishir. That even if you don't eat the full amount, so you're not chayiv kares. The chi of kares only comes if you eat. But the Isser, there's still an Isser even for half the shear. And when we say half, we don't mean half specifically. We mean for doing it, even though it's not the shear. Any amount that's not the shear. So the Gemara asks, That's good according to the man the Amar that Chatsi Shir is Asr. According to the opinion of Chatsi Shir is Motor, Ma'ikol Ameimar. De'itmar Chatsi Shir, what's the aside? A very famous Machlekes, Rabbi Yechon Amar, Asr Minatayr. Rabbi Yechonon holds Chetzi Shir is forbidden from the Torah. Meaning, Rabbi Yechonon holds that the Shir of Kazayas or Revias or whatever it is, is all for Chiyuv, to be obligated, to be punished. But in order to say what the Isser is, according to Rabbi Yechonon, the Isser is even for any amount. We'll see coming up tomorrow what the site of the Machlok is Rabbi Yochanan Rishakish is. But at any rate, the Gemara for today says, Our interpretation that the Mishnah said Asr to include Chatzi Shir is good according to Rabbi Yochanan, that Chatzi Shir is actually Asr. Rabbi Yochanan Rishakish holds Chatzi Shir is Mutter. So there is no Isr unless it's a Shir. So now our question comes back. Why would the mission say Asr? The mission should say Chayav Karis. And if you're doing the shir, Chayav Karis, if it's less than the shir, it's Mutter. So the Gemara explains, The whole Machlok is Rabbi Yochanan Rishlakish is Midaraisa. Whether there's an Isr Midaraisa to do it. Rabbi Rishlakish was only saying that it's Mutter on a Daraisa level. Rabbi Rishlakish agrees that Midarabanan, there is no Isr of eating, there is an Isr of eating Chatzi Shir. So now it comes out that even Rishlakish could accept the interpretation of Yom Kippur, Asr Bachil Vashtiyah means even the Chatzi Shir. If it's true that Rishlakish agrees, Chetzi Shir is Asr Midarabanan, then if someone swore not to eat a Chetzi Shir of an Asr food, he shouldn't be Chayv Shvuah. So we're going to get into a little sugi here. There's an, is, there's an Isra Shvuah. If you make a Shvuah, there's an Isra by Yachad You have to listen to your word. But there's a din that if you make a Shvuah on something that is Asr to eat something that already the Torah says not to eat, it's not Chal. Right? A Shvuah is not Chal on something that there's always a shvua, already a Shvuah on. So we already swore at Harsinai that we're not going to violate the Torah. So if we come along and just reiterate that with an optional Shvuah, if we, that, that Shvuah is not Chal because you're swearing on something that's already, that's already a din in the Torah that's been sweared and accepted. So the Mishnah comes along, Alamatanan, the Mishnah says, Someone swore an oath he's not going to eat. But then he goes ahead and he eats something that's Asr. He ate an Avelo, Trefo, Shkatsim, or a Muslim. Chayav. He's Chayav for his Shvuah. Meaning not only is he Chayav for eating tray food, he's Chayav to bring a carbon for violating his Shvuah. For Rabshim and Potter, Rabshim and Potter. So when we learn this Mishnah, we asked, am I chayef? Why does the Tanakhama hold your chayef for bringing a shvua when you eat a nevela after swearing that you're not going to eat? You are already, you are already bound by a shvua from Har Sinai not to eat nevela. So if you now make a shvua you're not going to eat, 
that shvua shouldn't be chal, that you shouldn't eat nevela, because nevela, anyways, you can't eat. So if you go ahead and eat nevela, you're not violating your shvua, you're only violating the general aver in the Torah. So we don't understand the concept. If you make a shvua not to eat, and then you eat a nevela, how is it that you're chayav a carbon for violating your shvua? That's what we didn't understand in the Mishnah and Shvuas. To answer that question, we had two answers. Rabbi Yochanan Rav and Shmuel said that since you included mutter things together with the other with the other things, so migu that the shvua is chal on the mutter things, it's chal on the other things as well. Meaning, if I say a shvua, I'm not going to eat nevela. You're right; it's not chal. But if you say I'm not going to eat anything, I'm not going to eat even mutter things. So migu that there's going to be a chalais of that shvua klapi mutarim. So the shvua will be chal klapi asurim as well. There's a yisait of migu. That's even though Mushmar Dvar Sinai, but if you're Kolo Dvar Mamutam Dvar Masurim, Migu that it's Chalon Dvar Mamutam, will be Chalon Dvar Masurim. That's Rabbi Yochanan's answer. The case is that he said, I'm answering myself even from a chetzi shir. According to the Rabbanon, he speaks it out. According to Rabbi Akiva, we even assume that he's answering himself on a chetzi shir. But either way, that's why the shvu is chal. The shvu is chal because midar rise, so there's an isser only on a shir. And you're making the optional shvuah to answer yourself even on the chetzi shir. So what do we see? Or according to Rabbi Akiva, that even bestama, when you make a shvuah, we assume you're answering yourself on a tiny amount. Fine. So what do we see from here? We see from that Reish Lakish holds that if you make a shvuah, that you're going to answer yourself on a chetzi shir, that shvuah is chal. Why? Because I'm not mushba on that. Why am I not mushba on that? Because it's mutter. In the Isser of Nevela, it's mutter to eat chetzi shir. So therefore, if I go along and make a shvuah that I'm not going to eat chetzi shir, it's chal. So we see according to Reish Lakish, it's mutter to eat chetzi shir. Now, Maybe you're going to, what, what's our question? We said before that Rish Lakish agrees Midr that it's Aser. So if Rish Lakish agrees that Midr it's Aser, we don't understand this halacha anymore. Because now with that Midr there's a din to eat Chatzishir. So it's Vaidr Mushpa Vaimid Vahar Sinai. Now that's a very interesting question. This is a very complicated point. Because it's still only Midr that you can't eat it. Maybe what we defended is really true. That Rish Lakish concedes that Midr there's an Isra of Chatzishir. But since Midaraisa klapi, the din of the Torah, you're allowed to eat that shir. So when you go now and make a shvua, klapi the Torah, you're swearing about a davar hamutter. So maybe it's chal. What, uh, the Gemara's question is assuming that since klapi the Rabbanan instituted, that there's a din not to eat chatzi shir, there should be a din mushva vaimi now. So the Gemara attempts that. Maybe you'll say no. It's not, there, there is place for it to be chal, because since Midaraisa is a davar hamutter, so there's no much mavaimit. So we're going to see, we'll stop here, but we're going to see tomorrow, we're mamish in the middle of a shock of Atayah, the Gemara is going to try to deal with this. What we're dealing with is the complexity between the Daraisa world and the Darabonan world. If according to Reish Lakish, we're saying, Chetzi Shir is still Asr Midrabonan, how does that impact the sugya of making a shvua on a Chetzi Shir, which is Asr Midrabonan? Should that shvua be chal? The Gemara is back and forth. On the one end, we should say, since it's Midrabonan, it's much mavaimit. And it shouldn't be chal. And we see our Yisoy that Rish Lakish agrees that it's also Midarabonan is wrong. And the Gemara is trying to defend that maybe since Midaraisa it's still mutter, there's, there's still makam for it to be chal. So we'll pick up from this point tomorrow whether Rish Lakish, it's true that Rish Lakish holds Chetzi Shir is also Midarabonan.